0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
1: Now loose three and in goes to the right wing corner. He's got Lagesson all over and pass out to Lombard right in front of the net. The backhand! Koskinen. Scorpion. Oh, Hornquist with a great opportunity and he got the right pad up in the air to keep it out. To Reinhardt at center. Now his pass in over the line. Gave it to Hubert over to Barkov and a poke check made by Koskinen and the puck cleared down the ice.
2: Great stop by Koskinen, Finn on Finn there.
1: He got it peeled off his stick. Puck brought in by Verhage, pass in front of the net. Oh, what a save by Koskinen off of Marchman. Pass across to Montour, right point, comes across Lundell in front of the net, off the pad of Koskinen as he was able to break up the pass with his pad and the puck cleared down the ice. McDavid skates it across the top, his drop pass broken up. Vetrano to Verhage, a breakaway, the shot out! And a glove save by Koskinen, and he holds on as Carter Verhage was sprung on a breakaway. Six on five, put to the blue line. Ekblad walking to the slot. Now to Verhage to the back door. Oh, Oh! what a stop by Koskinen with the glove. You've got to be kidding. Barkov was robbed. An absolutely brilliant
3: performance by Edmonton Oilers goaltender Miko Koskinen this afternoon. He makes 44 saves, and the Oilers steal a win against the Florida Panthers. 4-3 is the final. Derek Ryan with a hat trick, his first one ever in the National Hockey League and Cam Moon off the top there with the saves of the game by Koskinen courtesy Reface Magic transform your kitchen with ease see the magic at refacemagic.ca let's go back to Sunrise Florida Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft
4: with Derek Ryan his first NHL hat trick how great is that to see no, oh, I'm
5: proud of him. Uh, he's been a heck of a hockey player here over the last couple of weeks and uh, he's really um, shown some pop in his step and, and with his increased role and responsibility and to see a, a teammate like that get rewarded with three, three goals, um, the whole dressing room is just ecstatic for him.
4: Now, he mentioned, uh, since the coaching change, it was it's not just a little bit more responsibility. He feels like he has a lot more responsibility on him. What are the tangibles that you see in his game that allow you to be confident? Well, I, I think his hockey IQ is just
5: off the charts. He knows how to navigate his way around the arena. Um, so positionally, he's just, he just seems to be in the right spots most times. Um, I think the move to the right wing has kind of uh, rejuvenated him a little bit it's given him a little bit of a different focus um he's good in the face-off circle so he whoever he plays with he can he can help out on right-handed faceoffs. and uh, i think he has underrated skill uh, a real underrated player for um a lot of years here in the nhl and you know in order to win games and especially win games on the road in tough environments you need sometimes some unusual suspects to to step to the front and uh, like i said uh, for dr to get those three goals man i can tell you the the dressing room was super excited for him
4: because he's a great teammate Nico almost said that the dressing room was almost too excited after 40 minutes of play because he got his hat trick. What does that say about him away from the rink? Derek Ryan as a person.
5: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a special, special person that um, lays it on the line for his team. Yeah. And I think that resonates with the entire group. And uh, for him to, to turn in a performance like that today, like I said, against... It's a pretty good hockey team that we took two points from in their building.
4: Um, we needed it and he was excellent. You talked about laying it on the line. Miko Koskinen laid it all on the line yeah. tonight. It was excellent. What did you make of his performance? Well,
5: I just thought he was somebody who um, held us in the game when we gave up a few chances that's a really good that's a really good hockey team you know they're they're at where they're at for a reason they lead the nhl in goals for a reason um so i thought we there was a lot of good to our game tonight there's stuff again that we got to clean up but uh we found a way to win and we don't do that unless miko turns in the performance he did today he's um he's
4: someone who found the right save at the right time and I'm proud of him and happy for him. Not only did he make a quantity of saves, but some quality, quality ones as well. When your goaltender's playing like that, how much taller do the players kind of feel on the bench?
5: Yeah, I I think uh, his play today instilled confidence in the group and um, just the way he competed right to the very end, I thought was excellent. Make big save after big save. It was unfortunate about the goal that went off his his helmet there, but you know, uh, just gave us a real good chance to win the game. And and I saw a lot of people pulling on the same rope, and we found a
4: way. Uh, good teams always find a way to win. You said yesterday you believe you're a good team. Yeah. So what does that say about your group winning here tonight?
5: Well, I think... Um, I think... If I look at the game tonight, I don't know if it went according exactly to script uh, or how we wanted to win that game, but what I liked was uh, that we stuck together, we worked for each other and we found a way um, to scratch and claw our way to two points. I I really believe that winning's a skill and beating the best teams in the league, it takes um, a special mindset to do it. I thought uh, we showed some maturity in our game and how we handled that. Another good game versus a really
4: good hockey team. Last one for me. Any news on Nugent Hopkins?
5: Uh, no, new, no news on Nugent just yet. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll have more information tomorrow after he's been fully evaluated. Good, thanks. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Okay, that's
3: Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who scratch out a 4-3 win over the Florida Panthers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins left the game in the first period. Upper body injury, so no further update. Hopefully, he is going to be okay. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, we had the Koskinen highlights off the top and don't worry everybody we'll have a derek ryan highlight pack later on because he got a hat trick uh look a a lot of the story for this game comes down to those two individuals
6: you're right and they deserve all the accolades they're going to get uh after today's game Um, miko koskin was exceptional uh that might be the best goaltending uh, display we've seen all season long in edmonton from any of the goaltenders uh, they weren't just, it wasn't that he got 47 shots or whatever it was Florida had. It was the quality of the shots. Breakaways, two-on-ones, backdoor, wide-open nets. Uh, there were some great close-ups on the TV of Panther players after they were robbed by Koskinen in disbelief. Guys going to the bench and watching replays on the Jumbotron. Uh, Florida threw everything at Koskinen. And, and I have so much respect for what Koskinen is doing right now. Uh, the 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 cry for him to be, uh, you know, sent to the minors or sent anywhere. Yet he just quietly went about his business and finally got his game back on track. And he's doing what he uh, is capable of doing when he gets less a lesser load. Give you quality starts, and I think that 6-0-1 in his last seven games, and he was excellent and deserved of a start very quickly. And I think that that's what you're going to see coming up. Whichever goalie's playing better, I don't think it really matters if it's the guy that's your starter or your backup or your third stringer in the minors. The others are desperate for points, and tonight, Miko Koskinen got them too.
3: Yeah, well I know you and Bob were talking about it and I would still think it's probably Smith tomorrow because it's the back to back but lately Miko Koskinen has has been better. So two games into this five game road trip the Oilers are now 1 and 1 for the season they boost their record to 29-20 and 3. They're 6 and 2 since Jay Woodcroft took over as head coach. In those eight games Derek Ryan now has five goals and seven points.
6: <laughs> and good for him. Again, another player that uh, has obviously benefited from the coaching change. He went from fourth line six minutes to third line and getting 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes a night and been given responsibility. And I think that any player, no matter what kind of ice time you get, you just want a defined role. You just want to be you know, appreciated and needed. And I think Derek Ryan is finding that right now. And what I said to Bob, good on him being ready for it because a lot of players wouldn't have been. A lot of players would have checked out uh, emotionally in this is they're like, all right, I'm, I'm just a bit player here. And they get their chance and they fail at it. Ryan's gotten his chance and he's excelled at it. And it's, there's a reason when you're 34, 35 years old and you're still hanging around the National Hockey League, you got a professionalism about you. And he always had skill. Sometimes you're just cast in a different role because of other players on their team. But now the skill that he had throughout his career you're starting to see a little bit more on the offensive side because he's put in that position. So good on Ryan because they needed someone to step up tonight. And Ryan was the guy.
3: Orders win at four, three, they are 11 and one in their last 12 road games against the Florida Panthers, which is a mm-hmm. run extending back. Well, about 20 minutes, about 20 years now, which is pretty amazing. But the Oilers able to, uh, to figure it out tonight. I mean, so tense in those final minutes, Rob, um, First of all, uh, the, Bobrovsky was pulled with about 440 left. Koskinen made a reaching glove save on Barkov about 20 seconds later. Nurse gets the penalty for tripping Hubert Barkov scores, uh, what, what do we got here, six seconds into the power play, the 46th shot of the game. So then the the Panthers have over four minutes to try to tie it up. They pulled Bobrovsky again with about 320 left. They had to put him in briefly a couple times because they were neutral zone face-offs. The Oilers... Uh, Kane almost hit the empty net right away. Went for icing, couple more icings for Edmonton. Uh, it it was tense. I'm sure Oilers fans were on the edge of their seats, or rolling on the floor, or maybe unable to watch <laughs> those final minutes. But the Oilers were able to close it out.
6: They were, and a bunch of things out of that. First of all, there was one that was a really odd play. Uh, Kane had the puck, and he had Leon Drysaddle on a breakaway, and he skated up beside Leon for. You know, five, six seconds, when if all he had to do was pass it and Leon had a breakaway, that probably would have salted the game away. Uh, that one was an odd play. But what, one thing that y- you saw, and I'm sure the, the general manager, the management team of the Oilers saw, hanging on to a lead late in the hockey game. The Oilers, and we, the, we talked about this right at the beginning of the season. If you're down to the last four minutes, who are you going to put out on the right side defensively to bring a game home? Uh, Bouchard was not able to get that this was a really 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 rough game for Evan Bouchard so down the stretch you didn't see him on the ice so you, you relied a lot on CeCe and Barry and Barry came up with a really strong game at the end and needed to be he played 22 minutes because they needed someone on that right side so that'd be something that I'd be looking at at the deadline do you need something on your right side for close one nothing games where you have to bring a game home or a one goal game late in a hockey game Because the the Florida Panthers pushed and pushed him and not for Koskinen, this may have gone into extra time, but the others got it done. And they got it done shorthanded because they're missing Nugent Hopkins, who would have been a huge part of the last five, seven minutes of a one goal game.
3: Well, yeah, and that's the concern going forward. And again, Woodcroft didn't say anything about Nugent Hopkins specifically. there's you no know, specifics to the injury, so he just said more evaluation tomorrow. So, I mean, I would expect him not to play tomorrow, Rob, given the, the language that Woodcroft used.
6: Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't think so either. Another play that we haven't talked about at all, and I just went back through the stats to see what he got tonight, Devin Shore played 15 minutes tonight. He played more than Ryan. He played more than Fogle, Benson. There's another guy that uh, hasn't benefited from the coaching change. He was a... A fan, Dave Tippett was a fan of him, and since the new coaching staff has come, he's averaging like five minutes a night, or he's not in the lineup. But with the injury to Nuge and Hopkins, and nursing a lead, Devin Shore played a ton tonight, and I thought he had a strong game. He might be a guy that you see getting extended minutes tomorrow when they start when well when they're very short-handed without Nuge in the lineup. So look for Devin Shore to be more important part of this team going forward until Nuge gets back in the lineup.
3: Yeah, well, running out of players a little bit. Cassian's out, Puliyarvi out, probably Nugent Hopkins. So that's three out of 11 or 12. Three of your forwards. top nine. Yeah, three of the top nine for sure. So, yeah, a concern about Nugent Hopkins. But the Oilers do win it today, 4-3 against the uh, Florida Panthers. Like we were saying, a very tense game. I, I actually thought, I don't know if you, I'm sure you picked up on this, Rob. I thought one of the most skilled plays in the game was when killing a penalty, Yamamoto dropped his stick. Uh, had to defend without his stick and actually prevented a shot and forced a guy to a corner at one point. And then when the puck went back to the blue line, he picked up his stick all in one motion, stole the pass, and
6: then cleared it. No, it was, everyone had to do things outside of their comfort zone. And Yamamoto, a lot of penalty killing today, and that was nice. I can tell you, uh, it, it is, um, you're a little fearful when you drop your stick when you're shorthanded, because if you can't play without a stick, it turns into a five-on-three. He was fortunate the play stayed around his stick and he was able to make two plays as he picked the stick up. That was a great play. But that's nowadays the players are so talented. There's things that look really, really cool, it's second nature to those guys. And we saw just a little bit later, Ekblad making an incredible play, cross checking the puck, keeping it in. The referees missed it. Ekblad was mad, but just shows you that the, the eye hand coordination now play now with the players in the National Hockey League, it's so good and obviously Yamamoto, those two plays, they were huge, took about 25, 30 seconds off the Florida Panthers power play.
3: All right, so the Oilers take it 4-3. It's a hat trick for Derek Ryan. Leon Dreisaitl scored on the power play, so set the line tonight was .5 over or under, courtesy River Creek Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. How many goals would Zach Hyman score? Well, he does not uh, keep the goal streak going, even though he, he played a ton and was pretty strong once again, so it is under. So that is Brett, the winner. Brett gets the $50 Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He made 44 saves for his 18th victory of the season. Here's goaltender Miko Koskinen.
4: Especially in that first period, you really weathered the storm. You really
7: had to force yourself into this game right away, didn't you? Yeah, they they came pretty hard and uh, a lot of shots didn't hit and uh, they got a couple chances and I think we were we were pretty happy that we were only one goal behind after first, but after that we. Talking the first intermission, that we need to came back to the game, and um, that's exactly what we did. And um, then we hold hold the lead in the third, so it's a big win for us. Every
4: player and teammate obviously
7: wants a strong team game, but when you're faced with that many shots early on, does that almost just get you in a rhythm? Yeah, I feel it's kind of easier, you know, than you don't have to guess when you're gonna face the first or when you're gonna just just play and enjoy the and enjoy the game there, and uh, I like it. Uh, can you talk about your play moving laterally today? You just seem so confident with every movement today. Yeah, I felt like I was making the right, right read at the right time, and uh, that makes the lateral movement so much, so much easier. And um, just keep, just have to trust my, trust my reads. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing. Whatever happens there, and. Uh, Today it was was strong. Uh, On the combination
4: of a personal performance by you, 44 saves, a great performance, and then it coming in a big moment for this club, back-to-back losses, really tough stretch here with the three
7: games here. That has to feel really good for you and the team. Yeah, the wins are the only thing what I'm I'm counting here. And uh, it was a big win for us and uh, we had a big game tomorrow and we have excellent chance to get more more points tomorrow and uh, it's a great challenge for us and uh, really looking forward for that. Derek Bryan recorded his first NHL hat trick
4: tonight. uh, In your first season as a teammate of his What's he like as a teammate?
7: What's it like being around Derek Ryan? No, he's he's awesome. You know, he's so so calm, and uh, you know you can rely on him like every every situation on the ice and uh, off the ice too. You know, it's not just on the ice. You know. Great guy, and I'm um, ha- so happy for him that he got three three goals tonight and first NHL hat-trick
4: It seems like he's well respected in that locker room a lot of guys talk very highly of him. we all the guys kind of fired
7: up to see him score. Oh, yeah They were they were super happy almost like almost like too happy after the second period. He should save the last goal for the third, but it Yeah, he's a great great guy weather and you know battle really hard. He's um uh, Way to even do any tell, you know, it wasn't sure that he's gonna make it. And uh, played many years in Europe, and it's those stories are always like so great to see. And when he put hard work, work in, and it pays off in the older age, so it's super happy for him. You talked about getting great reads today. I mean, two of them were in the third period, clearly,
5: on for Hagee's breakaway and Barkov on the back post, so far post there. I mean, did you
7: just anticipate that coming pretty well? Yeah, you know, I saw the Barco when I saw that the guy is going to make the pass in the back post, but, you know, you need to be a little bit lucky to, there, too, that, you know, usually when the guys see the empty net there, they always try to shoot, like, middle of the net, and then the goalies are making desperate saves, and it actually, actually looks, looks nicer what it is, but, you know, today is, it was my day.
3: Well, it was Koskinen's day for sure. Absolutely brilliant performance. 44 stops leading the Oilers to a 4-3 road victory over the Florida Panthers. We're happy to hear from you this afternoon. The hotline is presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. Teed Pro all the way. It's 780-496-0063. We'll uh, get to you. We'll get to Derek Ryan all ahead on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line
1: up near the blue line and Ryan gets it out. He'll give it to Fogle. He'll pass it over to Ryan. Scores! Derek Ryan gets it past Bobrovsky. Oilers have the puck. Koskinen will go to the bench on the delayed penalty. Here comes McLeod. His pass on the right to Ryan. Shoots! Scores! Derek Ryan right wing goes upstairs on Bobrovsky, and the Oilers come out four on two. Kane to Nurse, in over the line. Now over to Kane in front of the net, scores! Following it up is Derek Ryan, and he slams it home. It's a hat-trick goal for Ryan.
3: At the age of 35 years, 59 days, Derek Ryan is the oldest player in Oilers history to score a hat trick. Ethan Morrow had the record beforehand. He was 33 years, 118 days on January 18, 2009. Leon Draisaitl had the other goal today in a 4-3 win over the Florida Panthers. $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 every time the Oilers score. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three 63 is the Teed Hotline. We have Greg standing by. Good afternoon, Greg. Go ahead.
8: Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. So first time all season we can say a goalie stole us the game, eh? That's kind of nice. Um, I mean, he stood on his head and made some unreal saves today, so um that being said um you know some of the fans are now going to be like hey well we beat florida start this Stanley cup parade but uh if it wasn't for koskin and um tonight um there would have been a, a much different score we, it, it would have been a total blowout they they all played us in every aspect of the game except for goaltending so it is a flattering win for us but um let's look at the bigger picture here and and, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done for this team so
6: you you're right but in all honesty this road trip I still do believe the Oilers should be one and one. I, they were the better team in Tampa but goaltending did them in. Vasilevsky stole that game for the Tampa Bay Lightning and tonight obviously the Florida Panthers were by by far the better team but Miko Koskinen made the made the got them the two points. So goaltending is huge. Goaltending if you don't have it is is everything and the Oilers tonight had it. they didn't in Tampa but I do believe that it equals out over the season. And it's equaled out on this road trip because the Oilers were the better team in Tampa. So this one and one record uh, does really suit what they've done on this road trip. Having said that, there are things that need to be fixed and they need to be better. And there's things that they were exposed at today. There's players that were exposed in this game today that with nine games or ten games till the trade deadline, it will certainly give the management team something to look at.
3: Well, and, and we talked before the game about how many shots on goal the Panthers get, 47 today. Uh, 14 times this year, they've had 42 or more shots. Uh, that's out of 53 games. So that's uh, that's incredible. They lead the NHL in shots on goal per game. And, I mean, they can really forecheck Rob, and they're not just okay. I mean, some teams can go in there and bang and crash and free up the puck, but not do anything with it. They're big, they play with tempo, they're quick, uh, and they got skill. They've been a tough team for a lot of other clubs to handle throughout the season. But, uh, you know, from an Oilers standpoint, how could have they withstood this barrage a little better this afternoon?
6: Well, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they could have done things differently or if they needed different players to do it. Um, they had a very young, inexperienced defense, and the Florida Panthers took advantage of that. Uh, the, the four younger players, the three guys that are up from the minors, and Bouchard, uh, don't usually see that kind of speed and physicality coming at them. Uh, they don't, there wasn't a lot of time to think. The forecheck, this is the hardest forechecking team that the Oilers have seen all season. Uh, they're a little similar to Calgary the way they forecheck. They're just better at it uh, because they, they are an elite hockey club when you play against teams like that, your forwards have to be back and deeper and your defensemen have to make quicker reads. And I think at times tonight, uh, there was some panic in the back end. And that's something that the Oilers will look at. When I mean, if you, do you want to go into the playoffs with the inexperience you have at the back end? Uh, how long is Keith out for? Is he going to be back? Is this a team that's going to go with seven defense? Um, on your right side, you've got Bouchard and Barry both play the same kind of way tonight. It was Barry that was getting those minutes. Bouchard, the last five, six minutes, didn't get out there because they, they really exposed parts of his game that need to continue to get better. So I'm, I'm there's a lot of things they need to get better at, but is it they could have just changed something or is that was the Florida Panthers just showing some of the the cracks that the others have?
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment. And I, and I think you're right. You know, tough moment for some of the younger guys. Uh, and, and as you said, we didn't see uh, Bouchard a lot down the stretch. Broberg played the least of uh, everybody today. He was only on the ice for 7 12. We've seen a lot of these games where sort of those four younger guys have all been between about 11 and 14 or between 12 and 15 or, or whatever, but Broberg did not play uh, as much this evening. Laguson played 11-20, in 13-59, Bouchard 12-21. and again, Robin, and I, I know he had a tough moment, you know, the first Florida goal, but a- again, some hits. And, and one of the problems for the Oilers this season has been giving up the blue line, right? Defenseman backing in. Well, a couple of his hits on Florida rushes just totally negated them getting the puck in at all.
6: Well, it's funny. I know that people talk all the time about stopping the cycle, certain defensemen that can stop the cycle. Well, that and he does that both in the corner and at the blue line. When he hits him, when he actually they actually stop. There's guys that you'll hit a guy and you'll rub him out and you'll go another 10, 15 feet. There's a couple hits where Niemalainen, the opposition player came to actually a complete stop. That's how hard this guy hits. Uh, there's still going to be uh, things in his game that he's going to need to improve on, and you would expect that. He's got what is it, 10 games, 15, 20 games in the National Hockey League, whatever it is, he's still learning. But he brings something that the others don't have, and that's physicality and a little bit of nastiness. And I think when anybody that watches playoff hockey like we do, when you get to the playoffs, it becomes more physical. It becomes uh, a little nasty. Uh, the penalties aren't, seem to, don't seem to be called as often. So you need to be able to have big players that play uh, with a little bit of edge And I think the Oilers have missed that at times over the last number of years. So to me, if if Duncan Keith comes back, the Oilers are probably still going seven defensemen. Roberg's out, but I don't think you take Linen out because he does something that no other defensemen on the Oilers do and that is put fear into the hearts and minds of whoever he's playing against. They know when he's on the ice. And Marcus Linen, a milestone
3: today, assists on Derek Ryan's second goal that is his first NHL point in his 15th NHL game. Okay, we got to do the news and weather. If you're on the Certainty Hotline, we will get to you. You'll also hear from Derek Ryan who has the hat trick. The Oilers beat the Panthers 4-3. This is Hartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
1: Huck on the right wing. Drysidel the top of the circle. Forced down the right wing boards. Gets it to the point for Barry. Now across. McDavid to Dreisaitl. He'll wait. He'll shoot. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl to go off the right wing and the Oilers get a power play goal they're up 3-2 and they would go on
3: to win 4-3 the power play update today courtesy extreme power products your full line Kubota dealer with four locations including their new one in Camrose check out extreme with the next powerproducts.com. the Oilers go one for two on the power play the Panthers two for five they got one late in the first period and late in the third both by Barkov but the Oilers hold on. Despite being outshot 47-22, they get the 4-3 victory for their 29th victory of the season, 29-20-3. and three. Uh, Rob, we've seen Drysdale score from that spot a lot, not a one-timer that time. And I think I think it ticked. Uh, I believe it was Radko Gudis. I think it just ticked him on the way in and changed direction in front of Bobrovsky.
6: Yeah, it did. And full Bobrovsky. Uh, sometimes the puck doesn't come in the spot you want it and you can't one-time it. Sometimes there's someone in your lane and you read that before the puck gets to you, so you know you have to stop it and, and just readjust your your sights. But uh, I we we're seeing and Barkov did it a couple times too. Guys finding that area quiet part in the zone, and when the puck comes to them, because you found the quiet zone, you've got time either to readjust or fire the puck as quick as you want. But Leon Dreisel found it. The one thing, and it's funny, there was uh, we've talked a lot lately how the Oilers need to fire from the point a little more often from at the beginning of power plays to open the cross ice on that goal if you watch the replay one of the florida panthers they're very aggressive the, he was all the way out to the top of the zone right on tyson barry that allowed the space for connor to go back through the through the the zone there through the the box to leon Dreisettle. they forced that because they shot from the point earlier and that's allowing the pass that the others desperately want so they got it because they shot a puck early and then leon dreisaitl made no mistake
3: all right, so a 4-3 Oilers victory. If they just could have got one more hit the empty net, we would have turned on the Japanese Village goal Light on 630ched.com. That's activated anytime the Oilers score 5 or more in a game, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll go to the CertainTeed hotline and welcome Sir Robert to the show. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey Reed, hey Rob. How you boys doing? Good.
9: Well, I mean, you know what? I, I was thinking to myself before the road trip started, and I think I'd mentioned to you on your show, Reed, that the uh, uh, prior to this road trip, this five-game stretch was really going to determine a lot, and it was going to start with this with these uh, three games with Tampa, Florida, Carolina. And, and I've been saying to myself, those three games, if they can win at least one, I think most people would take that they split the first two and now they have a chance to win two out of three and if they can do that i mean i mean nobody's going to complain so i like what i mean i like what i saw tonight from from koskinen i mean koskinen was was lights out tonight koskinen stole that game it was nice to see koskinen have a uh, it's nice to see him have a good game because because he I mean, despite his uh, his record being well, what is he? What eighteen eight and two? I know there's been a, I know there there's definitely been a lot of uh, a criticism. So I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to see him have a good game. And I want to quickly touch on uh, Derek Ryan. I mean, I mean, what a story! I mean, he comes in here, comes in here. He's not get, he's not getting a ton of minutes, and he he stepped up today. I mean, I, I, I mean, because I mean, you know, but, I mean, like that was another thing. Before this trip, we were going to need we were going to need guys besides McDavid and Drysaddle step up. I thought, uh, 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 you know, and I thought that uh, uh, that Derek Ryan did that today.
3: Yeah, absolutely, sir Robert. Thanks for calling. And it is interesting with the schedule, Rob. It, it doesn't often turn out that way where you play second, third, and fourth, fourth overall, but slightly different order. But three teams grouped in the standing, back to back to back, and they're all. Uh, pretty mighty opponents here for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, uh, you know, Calgary went through here in January before they got on their streak and lost uh, lost all three games. It is a bit of a, a bit of a death valley for NHL teams.
6: It is, and there's there were times where you went through this and it wasn't that that bad going through the Florida uh, part of your schedule. But they both have become uh, juggernauts in the National Hockey League. And Carolina has been good now for a number of years too. Uh, it tests you. Yeah, Calgary came through and they struggled. They got, they lost all three, got outscored badly in all three. Uh, so it, it's daunting, but it certainly shows you what you have as a hockey club because it will expose any weaknesses you have. And it also shows you what a good goaltender, how it can win a hockey game that you probably didn't uh, deserve. And I think the Oilers will be pretty happy with the one-on-one record to start this, yet they still have... I think, And the thing is... Don't overlook the other teams on the schedule. They may not be in the standings, but or higher up in the standings, but the last two games are just as important as the first three because those are ones you hope you should win. So it's a big game against Carolina, but this road trip is long from over just after the first three tough games.
3: In the NHL this afternoon, we got another final. Flyers beat the Capitals 2-1. And uh, just the start of the second period, no score. Rangers and Penguins. The of Town Update for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Ron from Red Deer checking in. Ron, what's on your mind?
0: Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. So I was listening to the pre-game show there, uh, Rob, and you were commenting that you had never seen so much... Well, let's just say abuse on a goalie in your in, in your NHL career, mm-hmm. and all three of you, like uh, Rob, Reed, Bob, um, literally would like to see Smith in the game tomorrow. And I'm thinking, um, because Koskinen is like, I mean, this was this best game of of this Oilers career, hands down. And my question is this: Why not give it, give him the? the game tomorrow
6: i and think also, all stats all stats and analytics say that uh oh, yeah. back-to-back goaltending the the goalie has a big drop off and this wasn't an easy easy day for Koskinen. this was a busy busy day for him and in, in the net so you play the percentages and you go to smith and hope that he can find uh something that he had last year because his last few starts have not been what the Oilers need to win hockey games
0: okay now my my last comment or question is basically does this up the value of his trade, or do we keep him? Do we sign him for like two years for two million? Who? Who? Koskinen. Are, yes, Koskinen.
6: Well, I oh, I don't believe Koskinen <sighs> will I, be back I, here
3: I doubt next he. would be back. It, it does and make I don't things be,
6: interesting, though. It does. I don't know if it, if if anyone was to take Koskinen at the deadline, it would be just taking money. No one's. I mean, no. Anyone that's taking Koskinen is going to be a team that's out of the playoffs. So And he's on an expiring contract, so you're not upping what he's worth because you're trying to dump him if you trade him at the deadline. Um, so, But I don't believe he'll be here next year. Uh, Skinner will be here next year, and then they have to decide if it'll be Smith and Skinner or if it'll be someone else and Skinner.
3: You know what's interesting, and Bob was talking about this before the game as well, and you and I have discussed this, Rob, If if it comes to that, how soon do you bring up Skinner? i mean let's say smith tomorrow and isn't very mm -hmm. and he isn't very good the the two goaltenders might be koskinen skinner and koskinen i mean i think the assumption has always been that if skinner came up he would bump koskinen out of a potential two-man rotation but but right now the way things have gone he would bump smith out
6: of a two-man rotation i think they would have a hard time sending smith to the minors i really do just optics I don't know if you want to send that guy, want to send Smith to the minors. Well, to... no, fair
3: enough, but whatever yeah. they figured out to do, that's what I'm saying.
6: Oh, I understand. Well, the two best goaltenders over the last while, it's not even in doubt. its It's been Skinner and Koskinen. The problem is, are you comfortable as a fan, as a media guy, with Smith and Koskinen as your two goalies going into the playoffs? Well, of course, right, and that's going to be the question so, mark.
3: If, if even if Skinner does come up and play well, you're still going into important games and potentially the postseason with maybe an inexperienced goaltender,
6: which which we've talked about a lot for sure. Okay, the other thing too with, that's going to come into place too is doesn't Vegas' goaltender is hurt too? So there's one more team that's, that's looking a good for point. A goaltender <laughs> that's a good at the point, deadline, point. and and a team that's going all in like Vegas has made the trades, made the deals, this, and their players are getting a little bit older, so they'll be going all in for a goaltender as well maybe they'll get flurry back maybe that's where he'll go that'd be something yeah, i'm not seven eight zero
3: four nine. yeah yeah his agent might not have a well he would he have a, a picture for that i don't know where there's win four three in florida we have jason on the line as well hi jason go ahead
10: hi guys uh yeah just uh continuing the conversation uh well what you guys were just talking about uh well i was reading the emmett and sunwood in order to send smith down to the miners does he have to clear the waivers
3: Oh, for sure he would. Uh,
10: yeah. Yep. So they'd have to put him on the waivers first, right, before he can go down to the minors?
3: Yeah, all the teams. Yeah, would any, have any to say veteran player, for sure.
2: Yep. Okay, 10 4. That's all we
10: want to do. And uh, love to show, guys. Keep it up.
3: Okay. Appreciate it. 780 0063. We also have Douglas standing by. Hi, Douglas. Go ahead.
10: Uh, yeah, my name's Doug. I uh, want to say three things. One, Boston, it'll start tomorrow. Uh, Two, I only listen to the games on the radio, and I want to say this about that Rob Brown guy. He's better to listen to than it is to uh, watch the games and listen to the other analysts. I think he's very... uh, uh, He brings a very clear picture over the radio, which is difficult.
6: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
10: And number three... uh, if you had an old pickup truck, bit of rust, leaking a bit of oil, the heater worked, you're happy with it. And then you find one a couple years newer, a used one, but a couple years newer for a fair price. And you say, oh, I'm going to get rid of the old truck. I'm going to buy a new one. Or not a new one, but I'm going to buy this newer used one. It's got a few less miles on it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there is no point. They're going to keep. They're going to keep both these goalies because they've been with them. They're goalies. They're veterans. They've got pride, and the fan. I'm. I'm not a big Oilers. I'm a hockey fan. I'm not a big Oilers fan because of the uh, management, the media, the fans, just everybody, just. Every game, you win a game, they're the Stanley Cup champs. The next game, they lose, they're out of the playoffs.
3: And well, I'm a media member. I don't act like that. I take exception to that comment.
10: No, okay, you can. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not, maybe it's not fair to generalize, but in general, I just feel that uh, this team's going to make the playoffs, and uh, they're going to make it with the team they got. And these two goalies are good enough. I don't, and I haven't watched them play in three years. I just know that they are two goalies that win games. Here's a guy that's won six or seven games in a row, I think, and they and they want to trade him. They want to, they, he's got a goal. I mean, and, and Smith, Smith's a veteran goalie, and he's a good goalie. And the, and, and the young guy in the minors sounds like he's pretty good.
11: Yeah. The, yeah
3: appreciate it doug appreciate it, doug so we got to get to some other guys here too but uh good comment and I, I will say this rob we we're speculating mike smith will start tomorrow because like you said that's usually how teams handle back-to-backs we don't know how jay woodcroft's gonna think we, we haven't oh, seen right. him handle this situation in the nhl it would be something if he said miko you want us the game go do it again man i don't care how many hours of rest you've had well i think you're playing better go and do it again
6: well, he's, he, he, you're right. He's been the better goaltender, and it's not close over this last little while. Uh, he he was busy, but I guess you talk to Koskinen, you talk to the goalie coach, Schwartzy, and then you decide that way, but I just, I just think that it'll be Smith tomorrow, but you, know, you and I aren't very good at predicting goaltending starts oh under Dave Tippett. Maybe we'll get better under Woodcroft, but I do believe it'll be Smith. Having said that, I do believe that um, Koskinen deserves a start. If it's not the next one, he should be in there right away. The way he played tonight and the way he's played as of late, uh, you cannot keep him out of the net because he deserves another start quickly.
3: Yeah, a fair comment. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Oilers win at 4-3 over the Panthers. we got to call a quick timeout. This is Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Miko Koskinen, 44 saves. Derek Ryan, hat trick. First one in the NHL. Last time he scored a hat trick for an Edmonton-based team. You know where I'm going with this. January 14th, 2011 playing for the U of A Golden Bears he had three hat tricks as a member of the Golden Bears so the Oilers take it 4-3 against the Panthers one and one so far on their five game road trip this was a tense one we have Anthony standing by Anthony you're on with Robin Reed go ahead hey good afternoon guys Um, yeah I caught the game on the radio I'm
12: actually driving down to Detroit and uh, yeah good for Koskinen I mean I still don't think it's the answer but I've been a critic and uh, good for him and still hope to improve that position but um wanted to say i really like what rob said about uh, when lomberg hit Dijon hopkins uh bob pardon me what he said when he said you know the fight is one thing but you got to go back and you got to hit Hubert or whoever i mean the the teams that are successful year over year are the teams that play heavy In the playoffs. And even now, the best teams in the league, when you really look at it, you look at Colorado, you look at Florida, you look at Carolina, you know, for my money, these are teams that even if they don't have the toughest guys, they play heavy. And the Oilers, if they want to go anywhere, they need to play heavy, you know, and and as I say, straighten out their gold
3: net. Yeah, I think that's a good comment. And Rob, I think that ties into something else we were talking about. And and you can comment on, you know, what do you do when one of your stars get gets hit like that, but also I think relates to what we were talking about earlier, about, about handling a forecheck, handling a heavy Florida forecheck. You know, do you have the horses to do that when you get into a playoff series against a similar style team?
6: Well, the Oilers have never played heavy over the last number of years. And that's one of the things they addressed when they went out and got a Hyman, uh, and got a Evander Kane, having Nima Linen up from the minors playing and playing consistently they're trying to get heavier. They're trying to be a more physical team. They went and got Fogel another physical player that it's got some size so that they know that to be a playoff hockey club, you're not going to outskill the other team. You got to be able to play in the trenches. Um, You got to learn to win a one, nothing game where there's zero chances. We saw a great example against the LA Kings, about a week and a half ago, that's playoff hockey and the LA Kings play that style and the others actually uh, played well in that game. They, they waited for their chance. As for what Bob said about going after the other team's stars, if someone hits neutral, first of all, it was a clean hit. Second of all, the Oilers should already be trying to hit Barkoff and Huberto. I, I don't think you wait it's until destroyed. one of your star players or good players gets hit before you decide to go after their best players. Uh, Huberto and Barkoff are two of the best players in the world. Every time they have the puck, you should try to be physical on them. I don't think you need a reason or a revenge hit. I think you simply all right, Hubert has got the puck. The more I hit him early in the game the tired he's going to be during as the game moves on. The problem with that is I'm sure every team says that about Connor and Leon. The problem is great players don't get hit often. They don't right. put themselves in that position and they're good at realizing when to move and get out of the way and and when to be able to absorb a hit. So I don't think you go out after players. This is the National Hockey League now. Uh, players know how to look after themselves you're just physical all the time on those players but yes the others if they want to be a team that wins in the playoffs they're going to have to play a big heavy game at times if they want to have success or win 4-3 we have
3: cam on the certainty hotline as well cam go ahead hey cam it's, can you hear me yeah we got you sir
10: Hey, I, I just wanted to talk about this a Smith decision again. I, I get that they're not sending a Smith down out of respect for him. But like, I want to make a point. Like, at, at what point do you make decisions based on the trends that you see stop being reactive and maybe be a little more proactive? Like, Are you going to let a Smith lose you another four points or six points before you pull that trigger? Or are you going to trust the trend that you see? And that's what, I guess, the GM gets paid big money, right? To see the trend, not be reactive
3: and be a little yeah. more proactive. Yeah, well, I yeah. look, here, here's the thing. We, how do we know Smith isn't going to be the goalie that gets traded? Right? We don't. I mean, we haven't been putting that on the table because of Koskinen's contract. But how do we know Smith isn't the goalie that gets traded?
6: Right. The problem know. is when you say go be proactive and watching trends. If that was the case, Miko Koskinen wouldn't be an Oiler right now. I mean, his trends in December <laughs> well. and early January. Uh, he they, the world wanted him out of Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers fans wanted him gone, and it's kind of funny now that we got to get rid of Smith and get Koskinen more ice time. Uh, I think what we've seen when Koskinen plays uh, consistently, when he's playing, you know, every game as a starter, he's struggled, and that's been through his three years here. So I don't know if you want uh, Miko Koskinen as your starter going into the playoffs. So they, they know that Smith has the capabilities and they hope that he can get to that level. And if he can't, that's when they got to make a decision. Are we going with Skinner and Koskinen or do we have to improve on that? But it, uh, Smith has struggled since he's come back from this last injury. I don't know if he can get back to what he was last year, but if you had your choice going into this season and most of the times during this season, who you would want to start for you if they're both on their game in the playoffs, it would be Smith. Koskinen wouldn't be be in this lineup if most of the Edmonton Oilers fans and media had their way earlier in the season. So uh, I think they'll give Smith a couple more opportunities and then they're going to have to make a call because there's only, I think 10 games or 11 games before the deadline. Then they got to decide which way they're going to go.
3: Yeah. We're getting close to, to, to something happening, but, but again, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I mean, so much of this has been okay. Co- trade costs and dump the contract, mm-hmm. you, you know, get rid, get rid of it. He's going to be the guy traded i'm just saying how how do we know it's not smith i know he has another year left so maybe that makes it harder to trade if well, he's not playing well but the that's only, the,
6: the reason that you, you think it's koskin and not smith because of Koskinen's contract because if you're bringing right. if you're trading smith you're trading smith you're trying to bring another goalie in you're only getting rid of what i don't know what he makes two million whereas cost yeah he's got some bonus
3: her... structure but yeah this yeah. year and next
6: yep so Koskinen makes more so that's why if you're bringing someone in you're going to need to clear space, and that's why we always say Koskinen because he gives you more more space. Maybe right. you trade Smith and Koskinen. I don't know. Uh, I think that'd be something. Uh, there's there's some things that Ken Holland's going to have to. do. And we also the Oilers have to find if someone wants to be a willing partner to trade a goalie here. I'm sure there's Ken Holland's not blind to the fact that the Oilers uh, have had goaltender troubles for a lot of this season. He knows if this team wants to make a run in the playoffs. He needs better goaltending than what the team has gotten through the course of the season. He's just got to decide, is it someone that we have here is capable of doing it, or is there someone out there that we can make a trade for to get?
3: Yeah, 2.2 the cap hit for, for Smith. but and, that, and, and that's the thing, too. Um, as we've said numerous times, if you if, if you're a fan of a team, any team, and you want to trade a player because he's underperforming, hmm. how valuable is that to another club?
6: Right. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's like the one caller that called earlier is is Koskinen worth more now because of the way he played? Uh, Koskinen contract, the only reason you're trading his contract and the only reason someone's taking it is they're just taking cash from you. They're not right. building around Miko Koskinen. And there's no team that's in the playoffs right now that's trading for Miko Koskinen to be their starter. So Koskinen could, if he has a great stretch, that's only going to help him as it stay as an Edmonton oiler is not going to help the Edmonton Oilers get more from them some from someone else.
3: Oilers win 4-3 in Florida. Brian is on the line. Go ahead, Brian. Guys, we
8: we witnessed something
3: rare today
8: in the game and that is uh our goalie won the game. Uh I I can't think of another game there might have been a a few, very few where you could actually point at the goalie and say, "Yep. He did it for us tonight." Uh would you guys agree with that?
3: This I think year, there have absolutely. been some good performances, but they're few and far far between. And, I mean, to be fair to Smith, he was pretty good when they beat the Islanders, especially in the first period. Yeah. You know, that wasn't yeah, that long um, ago. But, yeah. yeah, but generally, generally the Oilers goaltender has not been better than the other guy in, in too many games yeah. this season, or even equal and, to. And I, like,
8: and I like how the team is trending. I think that's seven out of nine games that we've won. Um, mm-hmm. We're bringing it, uh, you know, I, I mean, arguably we could have won the game against Tampa the other night. It was a it was a great game, as this one was. Um, something I want to mention to Rob, though. So, Rob, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Is that okay?
6: Uh, hey, my wife does all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> you
8: you you and I had a conversation when the Oilers were they got beat pretty bad one night, and it was the night before uh, Tippett got fired. Uh, you had said that Ken Holland. Probably consulted with the leadership of his team, and would do that
6: if there was a coaching change. Yeah. Uh, do you know that for sure? That that no, happens? I don't know that for sure. I just believe that because that happens most almost any other team that would happen. And he, I, I actually, he, I thought the I read something where he did say he talked he, to his team. He, he knows said. What's going
3: on. Well, I'll just jump in. He said during his availability of the day of the firing that he called. I believe he said Leon Connor Darnell. I can't remember if he said Nuge or not, but but he called those guys to tell them the decision had been made. He didn't call them to get their blessing. He called to tell no, them it, that it's happened. No, but I,
6: I believe that he would call and talk. When things are going sideways, there would be talks between a GM and a player just to see what's going on in the room. What do you feel? Do you still have trust in this guy? Do you have faith in them? I, do, I mean, Leon and Connor are, what, $180 million worth of this franchise. They're not going to make, I don't think, make big decisions without having a little bit of um, conversation or insight from those players. Cause those are the players that are going to be here as we've seen right with Ryan Nugent Hopkins who has been through nine coaches. These players are going to be here longer than coaches. So just my personal belief is he would have had some talks with those players before or during that stretch to see what the, the temperature in the room was.
3: All right. Leon Dreisaitl with a goal. So we had three of the uh, the three top scorers in the NHL coming into this game today. And McDavid gets two assists. Dreisaitl gets a goal. And uh, Huberto gets an assist. So now McDavid and uh, Huberto, it'd be tied now, right, Rob? Because it was a point difference. Just double-checking my notes.
6: Uh, uh, yes, I do believe they're tied. Yeah, so they'd me.
3: both be at 75 and Leon would be at 74. So there you go. But Derek Ryan, the offensive star for the Oilers. That's
6: what everyone had coming into this game, would you not think? Ryan was due. (laughs) He was due. Good for him. It
3: was funny because uh, as people, if they were watching on TV, Jack and Louie are calling the game off a monitor, and you can hardly tell, and Jack is obviously uh, incredible, especially when he was calling late in the game. But when Ryan scored his second goal, he called Hyman, and I would have called the same thing. Because, you know, right, right right shot coming down that wing, snapping that shot up high. Uh, I thought that was Hyman initially
6: as well. I agree. I mean, Derek Ryan, we don't see him score from distance often. But what a shot it was. And what a big, big moment in the game for him too, putting the puck in. Because the Florida Panthers, it had a number of great scoring opportunities. Goes back the other way. And that's when you are being outplayed, and the Oilers were, there's going to be uh, moments where you can change the the flow of the game but you got to take full advantage of it and ryan did so good on him i uh, there's players that have been maligned this year and ryan and coskin are two of the guys that have been maligned a lot uh, and both came through and were the big part of the reason that the edmonton has got two points here
3: all right so the updated standings in the pacific division calgary 66 points la 63 vegas 62 edmonton 61. Edmonton at the moment is the uh, holder of the second wild card spot in the Western conference. We have Alan on the certainty hotline as well. Hi, Alan. Hi, how are you today? Good.
13: Uh, first of all, I give kudos out to Koskinen today. I think he played uh, uh, not only really well, maybe sometimes over his head, but uh, uh, we needed that today because we had uh, 44 shots on goal. And I would say, Twenty of them were giveaways within the blue line, and and which which gave Florida excellent scoring chances. Uh, the thing that bothers me the most is, is about the giveaways is the lack of commitment to get the puck back. And one example, uh, Nurse came into the zone and he kind of took a swipe at the puck, and uh, instead of playing quarter ice, he took a big skate around the net. And he was coming out, coming out of his zone. We didn't have possession, and then he ends up at the side of the net. And Kostin and made a good save, again on a giveaway. And uh, he was way out of position. Um, the other thing is uh, there's too many offensive-minded defensemen. They have to rein that back in. And the the other thing, I don't pick on Bouchard. I think he's he's good, but uh, uh, many times in the last few games, he's the high guy on the power play, and instead of moving it to the side, he takes the shot and he puts everybody out to dry, including himself. They have to kind of show him the film and uh, and and train
3: him, teach him. That's what I got to say. Yeah, thanks, Ellen. Um Rob, you got anything uh, there? I think those, those were good. Well, there's a lot.
6: Bouchard Bouchard has struggled. He struggled the last i don't know five seven ten games uh he's getting beat one-on-one which you don't see very often in the national hockey league he's turned the puck over um he's he struggled and it's it's shown in his ice time He was over 20 minutes a night under tippet he's now getting about 12 to 14 minutes i don't remember the nurse play but as for this team has been much better much better uh defensively since woodcroft has taken over uh they've played very well tonight was a uh, was a one-off I'm hoping because they were not very good tonight but nobody was defensively they turned a lot of, uh, they did turn the puck over a lot and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had some inexperience on the back end uh, I do like the simplicity that their number their young defensemen have brought um, it'll be interesting to see when Keith comes back how this team plays but uh, tonight the Florida pa- or today the Florida Panthers were the better hockey club the others got better goaltending it was the opposite in Tampa
3: all right, uh, we'll squeeze in a few more guys here on the Certainty Hotline. We have Darren standing by. Go ahead, Darren.
14: Hi, Reid. Um, I just have a point about uh, you guys were talking earlier about who should start tomorrow, and I was just going to give my take and see what you guys think. Um, I've thought for a while, really, with any NHL team and just hockey teams in general, when you have a back-to-back scenario, especially the Oilers and their inexperienced D, is I would set up every back-to-back that I, if I have Koskinen and Smith, Smith's playing the second back-to-back, um, and the reason for that is you look at our inexperienced D um, in a back-to-back against Florida and Carolina, you could say they're two of the best forechecking checking teams in the league, that um, Mike Smith is obviously the way better goalie at taking pressure off the D moving the puck, and um, I've kind of thought this for a while back-to-backs, is I would I would have if it's Conklin and Smith. I'd have Smith playing the second night of a back-to-back every single time.
6: That's really good. That's a really good. Well thought-out point because it, uh, the, there will be some fatigue for players playing back-to-back. Not as much as it used to be, but there will be. And Smith does make it much much easier defensively for 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 the Oilers because he is so good at moving the puck. So yeah, that is a great point.
3: Yeah, that's a good thought from Darren for sure. 7804960063, Oilers win 4 3. We will uh, welcome John to the show. Hey, John, go ahead.
2: Hi, how are you doing? Um, good. Can you hear me? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm old enough to have uh, remembered goaltenders when they used to stand up in Jock Blanc, and Johnny <laughs> Bauer, <It's, it's> etc. <laughs> I think every goaltender coach should be fired for making them go to their knees before the shot. That's the first thing. The second thing, I, first of all, I'm a very, very big fan of Koskinen. and I think he's far superior to Smith. And it all started, I think, ten games before the playoffs last year, when Tippett sat him and played Smith the whole time. He beat him up psychologically by sitting him for ten games. And then in the uh, in the four uh, the four game sweep by Winnipeg, Smith played really well until he let four goals in on the last 25 minutes of both games. And nobody says that's a bad thing. And the media has a, in my mind, has talking points where Tippett and the whole media are against Koskinen because he's not good or whatever reason. And, you know, around New Year's, Tippett threw him under the bus. They had a six or seven game losing streak. And Koskinen took him out of the knees by saying, "You know, what, it's pretty tough to win hockey games when your team scores seven goals in seven games." Mm-hmm. And he had to go. So, he, you know, Tippett loves Smith because he used to play for him. But Koskinen is is he will take us maybe to the finals. I don't know about the semis, but the finals for sure. He's far superior, but he's been beat up psychologically by Tippett and the media in general and the same media the same media that had nothing wrong to say about talbot who we've scored on 17 times on the first shot of the game not a problem with talbot he's a great goal 17 times they go to sweden and their first shot of the year they score on talbot and it's the same talking point everybody gets on the same bandwagon
3: this guy no, I don't agree with that, that at all. I don't agree with that at all. I think well, when, Talbot a a to, season, you know. when Talbot had a almost Vesna caliber season, when Talbot had almost a Vesna caliber season, I, I think he deserved a lot of praise. And then when he did start giving up the first shots in games, we we talked about that after after every mm. game. I mean, I think we're. I don't know. We, we if we see it, we're going to talk about it.
6: I mean, K- Koskinen, I, I, I'm cheering for Koskinen. I really am I, because the, the abuse that he's had to take this year. Uh, good on him. I don't know, and I'm not sure a lot of people, that's, this this gentleman might be a one-off that believed that the Oilers could ride Koston through the playoffs. Just his track record here uh, hasn't shown that he can play every game. I think he's a very good 1B goalie. I'm not sure if he's a starter. Uh, but as of, as of late, though, he has been the Oilers' best goaltender. I just don't, I don't think you start him tomorrow just because of the back-to-back, but I would give him the very next game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to dredge this up, but I just, I mean, Kostin is the goalie who let in four goals on four shots against the Vancouver Canucks last year.
6: <laughs> like, as a media well, member, good- I'm not going to say that's a good performance. Yeah. It isn't. Well, no, I, I think you have to be honest about any player whether it's Leon Dreisettle, Connor McDavid, Miko Koskin, Mike Smith, you got to be honest about them. But I think there's times with Koskin, and people did cross the line. And I think even there was some media that crossed the line, telling them that they got to get rid of him, get him out of town. His time has come. You keep forgetting these guys are human too. Koskin has games this year where he was not very good. He had a long stretch where he was not very good because he was put in a role that he wasn't supposed to be in. He was supposed to be the Oilers' backup goalie playing every third or fourth game and has proven that he was good at that. But because Smith has, was hurt and the Oilers took a chance at, at 39, Smith could be healthy and, and give them the games they needed, Koskinen was the one that took the brunt of it because he had to play a lot more games than he was expected to do. I think Koskinen has been fantastic as of late. He has earned more starts. Uh, I'm not sure that the Oilers, the Oilers faithful, are confident as Koskinen as you're started to, to make a long playoff run. If it turns out that he is, I I cheer for him. I really do. Oh, I'd love do. to see
3: him do it. Absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. We, we can but only talk sure. about what
6: we've seen for three and a half years now. He it just hasn't been consistency. And yep. I know that I I disagreed with what Tippett said when he called him out. Uh, that's not right. Everything should stay in the room, no matter what. Uh, and I I respected what Koskinen said when he came out and said uh, about how many goals I, I my team had scored for me. But those are things that shouldn't have been talked about in the press. Those are things that should have been talked about in the room. And that one was on tippet.
3: Koskinen outstanding today. 44 saves as the Orthers beat the Florida Panthers 4-3. Derek Ryan had a hat trick. We have Brad standing by as well. Hi, Brad.
11: Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, I love, I love your show, guys. I'm a first-time first time caller and 25-year uh, season ticket holder. So. Oh, nice. I, I just want to say right now, kudos to Koskinen uh he was referred by yari curry if you guys don't remember like he was yari curry's guy that said hey pick this guy up so and you know what good on him he did a great job today anyway i'm going to leave this thing on a bright side for you guys the province just released all the mandates for math so that montreal game on march 5th is full capacity and we are going to have no masks on. And I am telling you, we are going to have a blast in that building because I cannot wait to see what happens there. So, guys, I just want to leave it on the bright side because the world is crazy right now. But I just want to let you guys know that and can't, can't wait to get back to full hockey again.
5: Yeah,
3: well, I mean, we obviously we had full buildings earlier in the season and I'm glad we're going to have uh, full attendance again for sure. Okay. Wow, a lot of people want to talk to us today, Rob. This is amazing. <laughs> Usually, people oh, turn the other day. way it's when they see us. It's a good day to comment.
6: be an fan today. That was a fun hockey game.
3: <laughs> that that was, it was it was certainly entertaining. If you know, well, what is what did Andre Secur say? We always reference that. If there were no mistakes, there'd be no goals, no action, right? It'd be a zero so, zero hockey.
6: Yeah, there were plenty we, of mistakes, but no, it it was fun and it, it, it kept you on the edge of your seat. <laughs> whether you're whatever team you're cheering for you <laughs> everyone, nobody left the television the last 20 minutes
3: well did you see that the florida had that centering pass with about 10 seconds left and i don't think it was really close but the one player swiped at it and missed and did you see that whole section in front i know that <laughs> <laughs> everybody's up with it all oh, you can see the ball sink back down it was a wild finish i mean pulling the goalie early or there's got a penalty panthers got a goal Pull, uh, goalie pulled again or missed the empty net on a couple shots that turned out to be icings. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a thriller and the orders get the two points okay we have Pat as well go ahead Pat
2: yeah hi guys just a couple quick comments here on the game today um, I think the second half of the game I think the shots might have been more like 20 or 21 to 14
14: or 15 so hang on I have control. that written down
3: But Pat let me just yeah. jump in here because I recorded that when dry scored and that was with 956 left in the second period. Uh, the shots were 28-12 for Florida. So, yeah, over the second half of the game, they were 19-10 for Florida. That's still quite okay. a bit.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it, I mean, we absorbed. Miko was amazing. Great. Um, the way I look at it, for the goalie situation this weekend, I think you go with your original plan. If it was originally Smith tomorrow, you go with Smith. We still don't know who our starter is towards the playoffs. That's, I think, completely agreed. And on the brighter side of things, seems to be a log of negative, but correct me if I'm wrong. Are we not 11 wins out of the last 15 right now? I believe we are. Maybe I'm wrong
12: uh,
3: on that one.
6: I,
2: I thought we had a winning
12: streak.
6: I trust your math.
3: It's 10-4-1 uh, t- uh, in the last 15 games, and uh, yep. they're 5-2 and two under Woodcroft. Yeah,
8: pretty good. So, sorry, 6-2. So and 6-2 under, under Woodcroft. Guys. I think they're doing good.
3: Well, it has been. A, yeah, that's a good, 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 call. I mean, the last, the last. I mean, you had the 15 game stretch where you went two eleven 11 and two, so that was. This 15 game stretch is much more fun. Much been better, and 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 six and two since Woodcroft took over, and really, of the eight games Woodcroft has coached, they've played fairly well in seven of them. I mean, they they stunk against Minnesota. Uh, maybe the first period or, against the Islanders wasn't that great, but
6: well, today I, I give them an average in this one.
3: Well, true. Today they they won, but the, this they, actually they the might have points. been their second worst game under Woodcroft.
6: <laughs> I agree. I agree. But but then again, you look at the competition. This was probably the strongest team they played under Woodcroft.
3: Yeah. Well, last time these two teams played, it was six nothing for Florida. So so they're improving. <laughs> All right. We also have Chad on the line. Go ahead, Chad. Hey guys, uh
15: just a couple quick comments there. Uh Nima Linen's filling quite the huge void here for us. We don't have to go out and get an extra D-man. And like he's only gotta be what, twenty games into his career only. Like I'd imagine him at hundred games is gonna be rock solid back there. Um and then Mike Smith, I'm he I'm thinking that's the last start for him tomorrow. It's it's do or die for him. If, if it's a poor performance out of him tomorrow, you have to start him. I don't think you do Koskinen back to back. You go and start Mike Smith, and and he's looking shaky. I think it's it's time for waivers if he gets claimed or out of a contract. If he goes down, then it's a good ten game conditioning stint, and then after ten games, you see where Skinner's at up here, and you see where Smith's at down there, and that's because I don't I don't see a goalie trade available. I really don't.
3: Well, that's a good point, I mean, and, that, and we I'm yep. sure you've heard us going over the the. Kind of goalies that might be realistically attainable, and I don't know if any of them are are massive upgrades. Upgrade. Is is yeah. it Smith's last chance tomorrow? I I don't know, but if if it's not the last chance, it might be one of the last chances. I I, I think that's I think that's fair, especially if Skinner
6: keeps shining in the minors. Well, he's well, lighting that too, league
15: on fire for a long time now. Like last night again. Well, and you, you also
6: he f- also added to the fact too that the others are in a dogfight for playoff points la hasn't fallen off so they can't afford you know to wait and hope that uh, a goaltender gets better and give up as one of the callers said you know cost you maybe four or six more points down the stretch they need every point they can get so i don't i agree with reed i don't know if it's his last chance but certainly they need to see him trending in the right direction or the Oilers will have no choice but to do something
3: okay oilers win at four three a hat trick from this guy derek ryan
4: First NHL hat-trick and it came at a time that your team really needed it went down a man with Nugent Hopkins in the first you stepped up maybe take us through what you're feeling right now
16: yeah pretty happy obviously it's a big win on the road and getting my first hat-trick in the NHL at a ripe age of 35 feels pretty good so yeah just feels feels good I don't know if you know this but oldest player
4: in or history to record a hat-trick no
16: way Put that on the wall, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: For it to come in such a big game, I mean, back-to-back losses, uh, a really tough road trip here, especially with the first three games, that has to feel more significant for you
16: yeah for sure it definitely gets the ball rolling in terms of confidence for myself and the group um, this isn't an easy building to come in on the road and um, first part of a back-to-back so it's a big win um, get the confidence rolling we can roll into Carolina tomorrow and uh, hopefully tighten it up a little bit play another good game and try to get two more points this game would be completely different without
4: the performance by your goaltender costing, sure. especially in the first maybe what did you make of his performance tonight
16: yeah unbelievable he I may mean, I feel like he made maybe a dozen top saves there he was he was dialed in on his game Um, I feel like we can tighten up for sure in front of him Uh, that being said that's a pretty high powered offense over there so they're gonna get their chances and and Miko was ready to bail us out when they did since the coaching change it seems like your play is
4: really elevated given more a little bit more responsibility a little more minutes how are you feeling right now in that rhythm
16: yeah, confidence is moving for sure. Um, when you say a little bit more opportunity, I think it's a lot more opportunity. That's definitely translated into some confidence uh, in myself and uh, the line I've been playing on, whatnot. It's been, um, yeah, it's been good. It's just the first part was tough. When you're not playing much, you're sitting there for a long time. It's hard to get your momentum, uh, rhythm of the game. And I feel like I've been able to uh, get more rhythm in my game under Woody's getting me out there in key situations, and um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think we saw your confidence on that second shot. I mean, that's a confident play right there. Uh, maybe
4: take us through what you saw there. And was that a confident shot?
16: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, a delayed penalty there. And uh, Clouder made a nice play. I had some speed on uh, the outside there. And yeah, I just knew where I wanted to put it. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe the goalie thought I was going 5 hole again on the fan shot on the first one. So tricked him a little bit. And yeah, it felt good to see that go in.
5: Um. You guys didn't have a shot for the first nine and a half minutes. I mean, did you feel like your goal really kind of sparked it? And did you sense that everything kind of kicked in a little bit after that?
16: Yeah, for sure. I thought um, early on we were talking on the bench, you know, we need to get some more pucks in the net, get some shots. Um, after we got a couple, it started to snowball a little bit. But, um, yeah, obviously getting that first one's huge. huge. So we haven't done that very often this year. Um, so that gets the confidence going on the bench. And, um, yeah, I think it definitely snowballed from there.
3: Okay, that is Derek Ryan hat trick, oldest Oiler player ever to get a hat trick, the first of his NHL career. Miko Koskinen, 44 saves. Oilers beat the Panthers. 4-3 they're 11 and 1 in their last 12 road games against the Panthers get more on this game on 630 chet.com or globalnews.ca our next game broadcast you don't have to wait very long tomorrow morning 9 30 a.m. for the faceoff show the game at 11 a.m. Oilers at hurricanes thanks to Andrew Pinnell our studio producer this afternoon we've been in the Friesen Brothers broadcast center on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins thanks for listening to Heartland Ford overtime open line Oilers take it 4-3